Hi, I'm Sophia Jones of Royal Occasions Inc. and welcome back to the Wedding and Beyond podcast. With me today is Mia Lynn, who is the owner and founder of Mia Farah Boutique, which she established in 2004. She was born into the beauty industry as her mother was a hair extension specialist and hairstylist. Mia is a highly talented hairstylist and makeup artist with over 20 years of experience, which includes MAC, Chanel, and Christian Dior. She is known for her flawless makeup application and exquisite hair designs. She is a master in both the airbrush technique of makeup application as well as custom blend color foundation. She is a licensed cosmetologist and beauty educator whose work can be seen on Black Girls Rock, The View, Rachel Ray, and Regis and Kelly. Mia has also been requested by celebrities to execute red carpet looks for the Golden Globe and People's Choice Awards. While Mia has extensive experience in fashion, editorial, and television, she has 10 years of experience in bridal hair and makeup. Mia is passionate about her brides and enjoys being a part of their special day. She pays close attention to detail and takes pride in ensuring the bride's vision is fully carried out. A mother of four and passionate business owner, help me welcome Mia to the show. Thank you for that wonderful intro and thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm How so you? glad you're here. I'm glad. I'm good. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here all the way from Philly. Yes. <laughs> so good. I still feel close to you since, you know, I still have a Florida, I still have Florida plates on my car. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> do you come to visit often? I know you travel. I do. I okay. do. Um, I do. I mean, a a lot of things are open, even Ross and home did. So I'm tempted to kind of speed up, uh, my next trip. (laughs) (laughs) I understand. Yeah. We all want to get back to life as life as we knew it, but I think there's a new normal for us. Right. I would definitely agree with you. Yeah. And so in the here and, and, um, makeup business of the weddings and event industry, you know, how has it been for you as a business owner during this COVID-19 pandemic? Well, it's definitely affected um, my business mm-hmm. uh, a lot. I've had um, several postponements. I'm very thankful that I haven't had any cancellations. Okay. Um, so yeah, everyone, I was actually, um, I just booked, rebooked my flight for Cabo. Oh, wow. Schedule for June 6th and we're now traveling in October. Um, hopefully, hopefully. Awesome. Yeah, we're all hopeful that things will start to turn around soon, you know, for for the wedding and events industry, because it's definitely been hard hit. Um, but I really wanted to talk to you more today, you know, with the pandemic in mind, but talk more, um, get some information on scheduling here and makeup for weddings, and then get some more insight into what is it going to look like moving forward as far as safety precautions and stuff like that. So let's start with, um, a bride is, she's gotten engaged and she's starting to plan her wedding. When should she start to look to book hair and makeup for her wedding? Well, that's a great question. I definitely suggest um, that a bride starts to look for hair and makeup seriously once she's booked her venue and she's selected her gown. Um, and oh. I say that because the venue really plays a major role on the theme and the feeling, you know, the overall experience that the bride and her guests are going to be experiencing and her, and her dress, you know? Very true. Um, Very true. Yeah. So 
I find I've had it where brides have booked me before that. Um, and then, but we, she'll just leave a deposit, but we talk about it. Um, once the venue has been selected and her dress has been selected because it helps me determine, are we going to be speaking to a more of a relaxed hair and makeup look, more of a, you know, glamorous hair and makeup look. Um, so I definitely say to wait till those two things are definitely in place. Okay. Um, feel free if you have, if you have a rapport with an artist, cause maybe you were in a, you know, as a bridesmaid in a wedding and you know, you want to work with that um, person or their, or, you know, a company that has a team, go ahead. I would say secure it, you know, right. um, have the serious conversation once those two things are, um, reserved. And then I also say to a lot of brides, um, this is a helpful tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Please continue to get your haircuts. <laughs> oh, dur- whilst you're waiting during yes. the process. <laughs> um, Please continue to get soft layered haircuts. Face framing angles are ideal for any style, for an mm-hmm. up style or a down style. Also, at least three days prior to your, we call it, some people call it a trial. Some people call it a bridal preview. I would definitely suggest to get your eyebrows waxed, do your facial oh. waxing. Um, have those things done and be prepared um, mm-hmm. for their trial to get the most optimum result. So basically, you know, the overall, you know, recommendation is to treat your hair and makeup look, your wedding day look with the same care and time as you are with the rest of your wedding planning. So try to talk to your artist, um, allowing ample time to Mm -hmm. really, you know, get on the same page of your vision to really ensure that you're going to have that desired, you know, result on your wedding day. Okay. How far in advance do you find yourself on average, booking your, your clients? Because I work out of New York, Philly, and Florida, I find that my brides are booking me at least a year, a year and a half in advance. Oh, wow. Okay. Oftentimes, um, I'm known to be traveling. Right. So I'm like MIA for missing an action and Mia as well. <laughs> right. Um, but I do know, you know, artists that, um, you know, book three to six months months in advance but if you have an artist that um is in demand or an artist that travels I definitely recommend you um book you know no less than a year you know two to a, two years to a year and a half a year and a half okay you know you talked briefly about what they should do when they're getting ready for their trial you know the makeup trial whatever but how what when a, a bride is searching for a makeup artist or a hairstylist, what, are, what do you recommend that they look for? Or even if they're interviewing these um, artists, should, certain questions that they should be asking? Right. So I always put myself in the bride's shoes. Um, and I think a great question is, you know, to ask is how long have they been doing weddings? Um, do they have a team or colleagues that they can refer just in case something happens. Right. Um, I definitely think just on the surface of things, um, as the bride is gathering her Pinterest inspiration, she should be, uh, you know, asking herself questions like, what is my style? What's my aesthetic? Am I soft beachy? Am I high glam? And first, like, start selecting artists that kind of, in their portfolio kind of mirrors what they're seeing in their inspiration. You know, to, that makes sense. That right. Makes sense. 
And then once now they narrowed it down to, to stylists that basically their, their signature look is similar to the desired look for the wedding day. Now they're going to ask like, how many weddings have they done? Um, like I do hair and makeup. I think a big question they should ask is how much time do you schedule mm -hmm. for each service? Do you do more than one bride a day? Um, you know, uh, then some of the hidden costs that might be in there. Do you charge extra for hair extensions? Um, what's your travel oh. fee? Um, I don't do think most people think about hidden costs. You know, oh, they yeah. just ask Lots about a flat yeah. fee, you know, or what your regular fee would be. Right. Right. Um, especially in Florida. Florida, um, I, I discovered that working in that market. That's why I like to disclose everything up front. Mm -hmm. um, and being originally from New York, New York brides do things a little differently. Um, and most artists in New York do things differently. They kind of have a flat rate and it really kind of covers the lashes, the airbrush, the travel. Okay. Um, in Florida, I had to really itemize everything because oh, um, people would, would get you in with a low cost and then tack it on on the end. Oh, okay, got it. Right, yeah. so um, and tack it on the end. So I definitely um, would go through asking, do you charge more for lashes? Do you charge more to bring an assistant on board? Right. An extra charge for an early morning start? What if we run late? Um, things like that. Yeah, because that can add up. That can add up. And normally on a wedding day, a bride is looking for all these additional things anyway to begin with. Right. right. So if you feel comfortable, the price, the pricing feels good, then I would say move ahead and let's start talking about the vision of the wedding. Invest that time having a dialogue. Um, you definitely want to look for an artist that's asking about your skin. Um, do you have any allergies? You know, are you oily skin typed? Are you normal? Um, what about your hair texture? Are you experiencing any thinning on the sides, any hair loss, any, any conditions you want an artist that's concerned about those conditions? Because right. a lot of times that does affect the outcome of the wedding day. And what's beautiful about asking those questions is that we can address them. There's like time, you know, to come right. up with a question that can right. address so that everything is perfect on the wedding day. Wouldn't that also not only help the bride decide who to select, but also help the artist decide if this is the type of client or if this is someone that they, you know, do, do they have a hair type that they specialize in or, or, you know, they're not comfortable with. So it kind of, it, it, helps both of them to make a wise decision as to whether or not that person is for them, their right. ideal client or their ideal artist. I completely agree. Right. <laughs> and I think it's very important to put emphasis that it does allow time for both parties to be in agreement or to determine that maybe this is not a good fit because on the wedding day, most times I'm like the first vendor that the bride sees. Very I really true. home for the day. Yes. It's very important that we have this rapport. I have a coordinator that we go back and forth with email. So she deals with all the logistics. I have a CRM, but like all the girly talk and right. all of that, we're like DM each other. We're, and we have like the most wonderful relationship. Meanwhile, she's getting all the snooty emails. Right. <laughs> like, um, I mean, cause you're literally in the bride's face all day or the majority of that day. Right. Yeah. So you wanted to be somebody you have some rapport with somebody you get along with. That's especially awesome. now, especially now I really encourage brides with this pandemic. Yes. We are 
being very cautious with the sanitary procedures, we are doing our utmost. But really, if your if your artist is trying to do check-in calls with you, please treat them as important as your food tastings and yes. all the other meetings because this is really allowing that time to have that dialogue yes. and for guys to build that trust and bond with each other, which is vital because it's our safety. It's our mm-hmm. lives are putting each other's hands down because we're going to be the closest to you, right? Exactly. So that you are, have my well-being. Exactly. As do I for you, you know? Awesome. Um, I know you're in a different market than I am here in Florida, but you've worked the Florida market. But price-wise, what is an average cost for makeup, hair, and a combination of both? So I would definitely say on the low end, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you can see prices per application at $60, right? Okay. On the high end, you mm-hmm. can see $1,000 for hair, $1,000 for makeup. The middle of the road, I feel like um, Florida pricing and New York pricing are kind of similar when you add up all the things. Okay. Um, okay. You are, I, I would I would say a safe average for a combination of hair and makeup is around 300 to 350. The okay. more seasoned artists, you're going to be closer to your 450 to 600 um, price bracket. And that's per person? Well, for the bride. For the bride. Okay. And then for your bridesmaid, your average cost per service is going to run you about, again, 60 on the low end. But the top for, you know, um, a hair service or a makeup service might be 150 Okay. Um, on the high end, I do know some artists that charges like $200 for a makeup application just for the bridesmaid. Um, you know, usually they have some type of celebrity in their portfolio. They travel a lot, that kind of thing. Or sometimes you're seeing um, a minimum of, in order to book me, you I need to leave your um, event with at least a thousand dollars, and you guys kind of have to figure that out. You know? Oh wow! So would that, when they have those minimums, would that mean that you have to have enough people to meet that min- minimum, or you have to add additional services to meet that minimum? So that's a great question. Um, it looks like this with hair and makeup. For hair and makeup, for me, when I had that, when I because I do have minimums to travel, okay. um, it's easy to meet those minimums. If it's if it's a bride that doesn't have like a bridal party, a lot of times I invite her to offer this service to a guest. You know, someone right. that um, you know she feels comfortable having in the workspace. So that's another thing that you have to consider. Usually, I'm not setting up twice. Usually, if I have to break down and set up again, that mm-hmm. is an additional fee and does. Um, into the timeline right so i ask them to consider that um or sometimes people because they just want to work with you mm-hmm. um they just pay that premium to to block you out so i may include a really um you know instead of a sample uh kit for touch-up i'll do a full-size kit and maybe save for touch-up which it would normally be included okay. so there's a way to kind of um, work it out. It's definitely a conversation. Um, but worst case scenario, uh, they don't have enough guests or someone to fill in the slots. They're pretty, you're pretty much just paying for that person's time. Um, and for them to allocate that time for the bride. I'm going to move on and talk a little bit with this pandemic in mind. Um, prior to COVID-19, you know, as a planner, 
we always take into consideration, especially in the timeline for the day, how much time it would take for the bride to get ready, the bridal party to get ready, those types of things. Because it's very important, you know, if it's going to take 30 minutes per girl and an hour for the bride, you know, as far as hair and makeup is concerned, that's important as to what time the, the um, photographer arrives on site, what time the ceremony, it all starts from there. So, and it has, it can have a huge effect on the timeline for the day and whether or not we stay on schedule. So with that being said, I know, let's first talk about the safety precautions that you, that are now required or you will now be taking or any other artist as we move forward, um, as well as what that time means. How does that affect the timeline for the day? So um, we have to work with um, protective gear. So mm -hmm. um, wearing a mask and a facial shield and gloves does slow down your ability to, you know, move fast. Mm -hmm. um, prior to that, we have to sanitize the area. So I would definitely say uh, a kitchen just for setup. I allocate 15 minutes to set up. I now will just round it off to like 25 to 30. Um, so I would definitely say it's going to increase the service uh, time at least by 15 to 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, also per person, per person for the mm -hmm. application. And then after each application, you need to dedicate at least 10 minutes. I bought this steamer thing to make it a little faster, uh -huh. um, but at least 10 minutes to disinfect everything. And then okay. if you have to go to the bathroom, you have to change, put on new gloves. You know what I mean? Right. So like you're looking at an additional tw um, 25 to, let's say 30 to 45 minutes per person between the time to do makeup or application as well as sanitize for the next person. In addition wow. to that, um, you you can do go through the questionnaire and do a waiver before to kind of save some time. Yes. But a lot of times I do this like 30 days before the wedding and the week before the wedding, you know, you're a planner. Things are hectic. Okay? Very. Um, but asking these questions, where they have traveled, do they have any symptoms? These are things that if, you know, something were to happen, they're going to ask you, well, when did you ask them those questions? So you're going to have to go through with a series of questions. Probably I'm thinking that on the day of again, right? Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Because uh, it, it, it just to be responsible. Um, right. So those are some of the things that we were discussing too. To even to save time, they could sign the waiver before, but so many things can change between the time that they sign the waiver and then the actual day of the wedding. Okay. Um, and another thing is um, we have to scrape all our items and um, use applicators and pot things oh wow and all of that um all of that plays into the length of time how fast you can move you know right so, do you do you with all of the additional protective equipment and um tools you'll have to be using probably more uh, disposable things that you have to be using per you know client do you see that adding to the cost of your services? Oh, definitely. Um, so just our industry, a lot of the discussion right now is there's going to be a COVID service fee. Um, oh. 
so yeah, definitely. Um, I definitely see, you'll see the flat rate for the, the actual service and anything like I'm thinking anywhere from like a $15 to $30 service charge is probably going to be applied to the, to the, um, initial fee. Wow. That is, yeah, I think we're going to see increases in a lot of services. Um, no matter, you know, whether it's for a wedding or a party, what, no matter where we are in life, I think there we'll see a lot of additional cost right. as a result of this pandemic. Right. And it's, but I didn't even think about that. I didn't think about that. Yeah. You know, so speaking of the industry though, and, and somewhat going back a little bit to, um, what brides should be looking for as they're selecting an artist, um, is there like a certification or some kind of license that a makeup artist, hairstylist should have? Like, what is the norm or, you know? So I definitely would say to brides out there, first start, this is when you really need to look for the artist who was professionally licensed. For many, many years, makeup artists did not have to be licensed, did mm -hmm. not have to be certified. Mm -hmm. unless they're working in a salon right okay? so i have a professional cosmetology license which covers me for hair makeup nails skin um the i would say a good portion of the education was sanitation procedures okay. the lion's share of your testing and what you're being taught is that so if you are a self-taught makeup artist you mm -hmm. did not get that but with this um covid there are a lot of companies like Barberside and like Milady who actually writes the book for cosmetology, they are offering the certification that you can take that will give you some basic knowledge. But just being a professional and being in the business for many, many years, it really just serves as a surface refresher, to be very honest with you. Right. Um, so I would just advise brides out there, if you could first start your selection process by only choosing professionally licensed artists mm -hmm. it really would mean the best for you and your safety because we are taught this from day one <laughs> and we have this has been our standard practice you know throughout our career this is not something new that we're trying to introduce to our like our skill set you know what right I mean? right um, so yeah i have another just a quick fun question like what is one of your pet peeves <laughs> about brides on the day of when you're doing hair and makeup, do you have any? So, yeah, I, I'm not an artist that really, um, and now it's probably going to be solved. My pet people will be solved because of the new conditions. We have to have everyone. It's only you and your clients that could be in the room at the time. Well, one of my pet peeves is while I'm doing her hair or her makeup, she's talking and she's moving around. <laughs> you know, that's one of my pet peeves. Um, because it's, like you, I'm, I'm focused on something and I know my next step. And as soon as you turn, it's kind of derailing me from my next step. Right, right. Um, and then, you know, just, I hear a lot of vendors that can kind of agree with me. Um, when the bridesmaids try to make it about them, like, you know. Oh, <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. There's a little bit. And yeah. I mean, I'm a really good person, but like my team members always say like, oh, you just let her up. Like, where'd you get that? I'm like, no, no, no my bride this is all about her this like you know um, it's almost like they're 
especially when I do hair and makeup, it's almost like, well, I love her style. I'm like, well, you're not going to get anything look anywhere near this style. Like, exactly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's, yeah. I, that's why I like Yeah. Okay. That's a good one though. I think, especially the one where the bridal party is trying to take away from the bride's day. Yeah. I don't yeah. like that either. So yes. <laughs> I don't yeah. like that either. Yeah. But you did hit on one thing and I, I, thought I was done, but you did hit on one thing. Not only will these new procedures and safety procedures um, add more time, it's going to change the way your room looks or the size of the room when it comes to getting dressed on that day. Because like you said, it can only be you and the client in a room, you know, right. or in a space. So that'll require a bigger place or even maybe timing when the other bridesmaids come in. So they're not all, you know, speak a little bit about that and how that right. looks like. So similarly, I mean, we have a lot of these salon suite models that it's, you know, one stylist chair and a bowl. Um, and sometimes you can have like two clients in there, just small space, but they are really advising even in that setting to not have an, an additional person there. So pretty much it's you and your client and everyone else has to be in a waiting room. Wow. Um, so, you know, the bridesmaids, like I look forward so much to the robe shot and all of that, but I also like that they're kind of the vibe, the bride's in the chair and it's kind of like helping her with her nerves, you know, right background. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I would definitely recommend to the bride when she's trying to look for her suite at, at the hotel and don't dilly dally, like really try to get one that maybe has, you know, like the larger room, maybe with the doors, you know, that mm -hmm. maybe so that you could feel the vibes of your girl they're in their waiting room right right <laughs> well um you're in the glam room right um and then you know because that to me that's one of the highlights of the day that I really enjoy um so I'm really trying to think of creative ways to make it fun right um, also if there's a way like where we could have like some kind of video streaming thing going on you know oh like the that's bride a great idea phone, you know yeah that's a great idea going on right um with her bridal squad in the, in the waiting room. But, you know, it's, it's a lot to think about. Also mm -hmm. too, I'm also thinking ahead, like with the venues until all of that's worked out. Um, I foresee the looks for bridal being a little bit more relaxed, yeah. you know, if they decide to just get ready in their home. Right. Right. That yeah. Um, and also too, with, you know, I have a bride that was scheduled for August and now she's postponed to November and we were talking about humidity in her hair and now yeah. like, we have a, it's a completely different conversation. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> um, so That's I true. definitely advise whatever, I always ask my bride, what is, what would your dream day be like if money was no object? Mm -hmm. And I really listen to those high points of their conversation to mm -hmm. really kind of make note of what, is really important to them. Um, so when I do my check-in calls, I'm still listening because as things are changing and they're making some adjustments, there's some things that are still really important to them. Yes. And um, I feel like we can put our heads together and figure it out. <laughs> right. Figure out how to comply with mm -hmm. the family and keep everyone safe but still have a great time. That sounds great. You know, and you talked about weather and we before we went on, mm -hmm. um, before we started the conversation today, we talked a little bit about the weather here in Florida versus the weather, you know, where you are right now and living in Florida, we know the weather can change at any moment. And 
how do you handle the bride that wants a certain look sometimes, but it may not be weather friendly, especially if they're doing an outdoor wedding? How do, how do you talk to your clients about that? I'm, I keep it real. <laughs> <laughs> good, oh good. And, um, I tell them, hey, let's just, I'll be, I'm going to be your like, you know, your bridal assistant for the rest of the day, because if you want those long, luxurious curls in this weather and you're having your wedding by the ocean, that means right. you want me to kind of be by your side all day. So, right, right. Um, you know, um, I just recommend that, you know, either they book a touch-up service or just go ahead and have me on deck because I use the best hairsprays. I assess <laughs> the hair. I have the best hot tools, but you know what? Humidity will, will run them up. It's so, a beast. Humidity a is beast. a beast. <laughs> it really is. It really so, is. Yeah, you know, and, and and I just make it fun for them too because I'm like, listen, I'm here. So if anyone else needs my assistance, mm -hmm. um, go ahead and I make myself available to them. So they really feel that they're getting, um, you know, a great value for the fee. Um, and also, it's like they want me around. You know what right. I mean? It's fun. And usually, I know a lot of the vendors and things of that nature. Um, and, you know, I kind of could be like that runner for the bride, too. So I usually recommend that you definitely have your artist stay with you. It's worth it because after the day is over, all you have are your pictures. Exactly. You know, the video. Exactly. So yeah. worth it. And, and there's no way that the way you started out at three o'clock in the afternoon for the ceremony, you're going to look the same at seven for, you know, pictures at your reception. There's without some touch up. Right. There's right. no way. There's no way. <laughs> First of all, just um, with the environment, Aquanet of long ago is not Aquanet of today. Okay? <laughs> true. They have it's removed true. all those chemicals that really help things to be really like a helmet head. Yeah. Legal. You cannot have them in your products. So waterproof mascara is really water resistant, not it's waterproof. It's no, no longer waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good to know. That's yeah. good to know. Yeah. It makes a difference. It does make a difference at the end of the day. It does. It does. Yeah. It does. So what's, what's next? What's for, for Mia Farah Boutique? What's, so, what's on deck you know, for you? <laughs> I'm actually really enjoying doing these virtual um, consultation calls yeah. and virtual makeup classes. And my brides are really enjoying it. So I'm using the check-ins to kind of out, part of the check-in to be a little bit of a makeup tutorial to kind of give them, um, you know, some tips and tricks for how to keep that look going into the mm -hmm. honeymoon and when they have to go to special events. So, and I also, I'm working on a kit to go along with that. So that's what's coming next. So this quarantine um situation has really inspired that idea and i'm really enjoying it my brides are really enjoying it too because what i've noticed is their wedding picture often becomes their profile picture on their social media right uh -huh. and it stays that way till they can find another picture another picture <laughs> right <laughs> oh my god so your consultations are all online now yes oh. well so so like I have one that's scheduled for June 6th, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. um, but we had all the consultation calls leading up to it over Zoom. Okay. Um, so her wedding is not until, her wedding is not until February. Oh, okay. Um, okay. 
the the consultation is really serving as her engagement pictures. Okay. Um, so I feel like, um, and then the other consultation that I did served as her graduation picture. Okay. Um, I already, before this happened, I always would recommend the bride that if you're going somewhere or you're doing a dress fitting to try to do your trial, you know, on a day where, you know, you, it could serve a few purposes. Mm-hmm. Finding that brides are just automatically thinking like that. If I'm going to kind of put myself at some measure of risk, um, I'd rather do that hair and makeup for something. Right, um, right. Makes sense. Does make sense. Yeah. So, but, you know, kind of in on the consultation call, we're kind of going through pictures. I'm looking at their hair tags. They're telling me about their skin. So by the time we're off the Zoom call, they're pretty confident and clear on what direction we're going on the trial, which also is good because we have to limit how much we're speaking. Right. Another, wow. like when you're at the school bowl and all of that, you're not supposed to be talking. So we have to really get clear wow. on these calls. Yes. And I do the Zoom. I can record them yes. and I can play them back because when they're, when I'm actually in front of them, I can't really talk to them that much. Wow. That's, that's another thing that I didn't think about. So that's, yeah. yeah. You know, it really, this whole thing really impacts the way everybody does business moving forward. And, um, you know, but you, you guys are definitely, you're definitely staying abreast of what's going on. You're looking at what is the best way to service your clients, the safest way possible to service them as well as give them the product or the service that they've come to, to know you for and want from you. Right. And deliver high quality, high professional, um, level of service to them. So that's amazing. Mia, thank you so much for, um, joining me today. It's been great talking to you. A lot of great information and um, I'm so happy to hear that you're doing well, you're still booking business, and you're being productive during this quarantine time. So I wish you all the very best in, um, in the future. And thank you again. And we'll definitely stay in contact. And I wish the best to you. And you have an awesome podcast. I listen to thank all you. your episodes. And you really have oh. amazing content. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm really happy to be a part. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Wedding and Beyond podcast. For more advice on planning your wedding and preparing for a successful marriage, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Follow us on Instagram at the Wedding and Beyond podcast and visit our website at royalocasionsinc.com. Thanks again and see you next time.